So I'm going to talk about um, encounters that I've had. I had five encounters. I had many encounters over the years, uh, spiritual encounters. And I'm specifically focusing on the demonic encounters that I had. Um, and then I'm going to, we're going to, I'm actually going to be praying for you for deliverance or a praying um, that you be set free. Because some people don't realize that they are, are bound. Okay. Well, I'm going to be doing that. After that, I'm going to be answering the 18 questions that uh, Matt and I have worked through. Um, and I'm going to be, this is the question, this is the answer. And as we go through this, if you have any questions, write them down. And then I'll open it up at the end and then ask, feel free to ask um, your questions. And just so that you are uh, aware, um, I call Jesus Yeshua, okay, because Hebrew, that's his Hebrew name. Now, if you call him Jesus, he knows who he is, okay? So it's not about, but I'm so used to calling him Yeshua. Don't get bent out of shape because I call him Yeshua, because that technically is, is his Hebrew's name. One of the first encounters that I had before I came to the Lord was actually, I used to wake up in the middle of the night, I'd say two or three o'clock in the morning, and I used to see a book levitate off my bed or off my desk when I was studying. And I used to woke up at like say, two in the morning, look, I'm open my eyes and I see this book levitating and then it falls to the ground. And I used to ask myself the question, why is that? Why is it doing that? Okay. Now, just after that, I, I, I did that. I went into new age. Okay. So I went into the new age um, stuff where uh, if you believe it and you confess it and all this kind of stuff, um, it can change your environment because um, I thought maybe my life can be better. And um, I did New Age for about a year and a half, and it got worse. My life was worse. And, and I realized something is up. And, and then I came to the Lord at the age of 24, which is another topic altogether. So that was my, was my first encounter. And I asked the Lord after that, I said, why was the books levitating? Why did those kind of things happen? And the Lord said, the, the first lesson was, you... Uh, the devil is trying to scare you. Don't fear the devil. Now, so I'm saying this to you all. Don't fear the devil. Because when you fear the devil, you open the door up. The, Peter says, in 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Now, by the way, I, I can give scripture for everything. But if I give scripture for everything, it's going to take a long, long time, right? But when 1 Peter 5 verse 8, it says, the devil walks around like a roaring lion. The reason why he roars is to let you know, to make you scared. And if you are scared, too scared of the devil, you open yourself up. Okay? So that's what the, one, the lesson that the taught, Lord taught me. So that was the first encounter. And let me make sure I got my, bring up my notes because I, I don't want to forget uh, the order I went through. The second thing is when I came to the Lord, I, I, was, I was in love with the Lord. I, um, I had an encounter by the Holy Spirit. I, I started speaking in tongues. I didn't realize what the tongues was. Um, but I was, I was sleeping in, in my room, and um, I woke up in the middle of the night, and I saw a ball of light enter my room. Now, let me just let you guys know I'm not crazy, Okay. I'm, I work at a, a company. I've, um, I, I, was a, um, I became a member of Mensa, so I'm not stupid. Um, but um, there has, so, 
So when I see these things, it's not like I'm making things up. These, I literally saw these things like I'm seeing you here. I saw, and God is my witness. Um, so I saw a ball of light in my room, and the ball of light said, uh, I, I somehow it, I, I could hear it. Uh, I'm not sure if it was audible or if, if, if I can understand it. And it said, can I enter you? And I thought, light? Light is good. So I said, yes. And this ball of light swirled around and hit me in the chest. And I flew out of my bed and I landed on the floor with my blankets and all. And I couldn't breathe. And I thought I was going to die. And I said, and, I, and I, I, all I remember thinking at that time is to say the name Jesus. So I started going, and I think I got the word J out. And as I said, J, it came out and then it went away. And now I'm standing, I'm on the on the floor, shocked. Like, what was this? Why? And I'm saying, Lord, but it's light. It's light. And it said it wanted to hurt me. It wanted to kill me. It wanted to, but Lord, it's light. And the Lord said, that's your, that's your lesson. Not everybody who says that they are Christians are Christians. Not everybody that says they are people of light are people of light. Not everybody that calls themselves people of God are people of God. And don't be easily persuaded by them. And so that is my, my second lesson, my big lesson that I learned. The third lesson um, um, was actually a, a dream, a vivid dream. Uh, how many of if you guys have had these vivid dreams, can you raise your hand? Vivid dreams that you, you, you can't forget. Now, I had one of those kind of vivid dreams where I, um, I was walking along and there was this, it was at night and there was this old house, but it was somewhat broken down. It must have been a fire or something. And as I was approaching this house, um, as I was approaching this house, I, I, I saw demons bring out like these AK-47s. And when I said demon, all I saw were these, um, these eyes and it was like um, pitch black uh, images. And they were shooting at me. And, and, and it was like black. And they used to have like these flashes of red. And they were, sh they were shooting at me. And I thought... Initially, I thought, oh, they're demons. And so I walked towards them, and they were hiding. There was lots of them shooting at me. And I thought, wow, the bullet's getting pretty close. They're hitting my, the floor right next to me. So I see this big um, wall that's somewhat broken down. So I go and I hide behind it. And now I say, okay, I'm going to fight with you. So I put my head out of from the, the wall, and I speak. And I say things like, I say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Every tongue is risen in judgment. I condemn. So I'm quoting scripture, right? Because the Bible says that when, when Yeshua was tempted, what did he say? It is written. So I'm, I'm doing the same thing. And I'm commanding them to, to go and, and they're shooting. Now, what I'm shocked about is the wall that I'm behind is being knocked away. And eventually I'm, I'm, I'm crouching. And the wall around me is like this, and I'm, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm quoting scripture. I'm quoting Luke uh, 10 verse 19. I'm saying things like, um, "All authority, uh, what is it? Um, 
Uh, you give me authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing will hurt me. And whoosh, a big chunk of rocks fall over with my head, or, or just dismisses my head. I'm thinking, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'll be petrified, right? Because I'm thinking, I'm going to get shot soon. And I look to the left, and uh, now in my life, I have seen um, Yeshua a number of times in dreams and uh, yeah, basically in dreams. Once I've seen the light, but um, I saw him walk towards me in a dream. And as I, I saw him walk towards me, I'm, I'm looking at him saying, don't you see? They're shooting at me and I'm using your word and nothing is happening. And he says, my word only works when there's no fear. Get up, walk towards. I said, if I get up and I walk towards them, they're going to shoot me. He says, when you give up your life, when you give up your life and prepare to give it up, that's when my word works. I said, oh, well, what happens if they shoot me? And he says, don't worry about that. So I get out and I start saying, okay, I'm walking towards. I say, okay, if I die, I die. The Lord is with me. Forget about it. He's the Lord is with me. If I die, I die. I walk, I walk towards them. And I said, okay, come. And as I started to walk towards them, they shoot. And the bullet goes, comes right towards my head. And I, I walk towards it and then it falls to the ground. And I go, wow. Now I'm feeling invincible. Now I'm not can So now I run towards them. And as I run towards them, there's no demons. They're all scattered. So the lesson for, from that is be bold. You have to be bold. Step out. Don't care about your life. Once you like, didn't um, Yeshua himself said, "Whoever tries to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it." Exactly. That's what actually happened in the dream. That was my third encounter. Um, the fourth encounter was actually a um, literal. It's like a, a, it wasn't a dream. This was actually I was work, I was working at a factory, and um, as I was going, um, as I was. I had a bad meeting. I was working, walking in a walk through the, the warehouse. And because of the warehouses, as you know, they are forklifts. And so, and, and they carry these big pylons. And there's a, a place where you walk. There's a demarcated area. So it's with red, um, yellow tape. So you have to stay within that, those, those parameters. So I just come back from that bad meeting. I, so I'm quoting Psalm 20. 23, which is the Lord, um, Psalm, they're called Psalm of David, or the, the Lord is my shepherd. So I'm quoting this Psalm as I'm walking up the stairs. And, and by the way, this was about um, 20 years ago. And as I, I get around the corner, I see, like I'm not, not far, maybe from here to like three, four meters, I see this, this image standing. It's about nine feet tall. It's Got black eyes, it's, it's dirty, like a, it's brown. It's and it's it's and it's and it's moving, and and it's it's standing there, and it's right next to the path where I was about to walk past. Now, I literally froze, like literally, I'm I'm petrified. I'm thinking, now I can see this, like I'm seeing this glass, and I'm and I can't speak. And my eyes are like this. I, and I'm thinking, I'm going to go walk past this thing. I was about to walk past this thing. 
And it, it's standing there and it looks at me like this. And s- somehow I could hear its thoughts. And this is what it, it, it said. Oh, he, he can see me? Oh, he can see me. Oh, he can see me. And it, it was such, you got such a fright, this thing, that it knocked this core, this, um, this pallet. This pallet had um, things on there that each, it must have weighed, I don't want to lie, I don't want to exaggerate. It must have weighed about 25 kilograms, and there was about 20 of these things um, on top of this um, pallet. It knocked these things. Now, you can only move these things with a forklift. It knocked these things like it was toothpicks and scattered them across the warehouse, okay, and then went away. Now, so two things. I'm thinking, well, um, so now I have to go and exp- so I go to my, back to my office and I have to go explain to my, my manager uh, that there's things all over the warehouse and um, – I'm not sure, and I have to tell him what actually happened, right? Now, as I'm going through it, I'm thinking, why was it scared of me? Why? Because that thing was nine feet tall. It was huge. It could have killed me. But why was it scared of me? And I felt the Lord say, it was not you. It was scared of he who is inside you. And the Bible says, he that's inside you is greater than he that's in the world. And so that was one of the lessons I learned in that situation. Also, I learned that it's not my ability or the way I speak. Because growing up, I couldn't speak in front of people. I couldn't read. I couldn't do all these things. It wasn't my ability, the Lord was saying to me. It's not my, it's not my ability. But, my, but his ability in me. His ability in me. Um, and that was a powerful lesson. Another powerful lesson was, you know, growing up, I always keep hearing things like, oh, demons, they don't move things. Demons can't do these things. And I'm telling you now, that's a lie from hell. Demons can move things. Demons can physically move things. And, and I have seen it now. How they move, can all the demons move things? I don't know. But I saw demons move things with my own eyes, okay? Um, so that is my, my fourth encounter that impacted me significantly. Um, and the last encounter was actually, um, well, of, of the five encounters, the big ones that impacted my, my thinking, was I was in a church leadership uh, and part of the leadership board, and um, I was tired of seeing people suffer from depression if you asked the church today and i don't i want to ask you guys this but if i'd ask you and, and ask your family members and ask the church the people that believe in god people that love god who's suffering from pornography you get people putting up their hand and you'd be you be shocked you go what and then you say um who's here suffering from depression people will be putting up their hand and you say who's suffering from they can't sleep at night people will be putting up their hand. Who's suffering from sicknesses that they don't know because nobody can diagnose them and they always get antibiotics and all these kind of things. You'll get most of the church standing up. Now, I was shocked by this. Let me be very clear. Okay. I was shocked. And, and especially I was in a Pentecostal church. So we've seen people being prayed for, 
people falling down. They were shaking. People were being set free. They were free for one, two, three, four weeks. Sometimes people were free for a couple of days, totally free, and then came back again. And I was like, this really bothered me. And I came before the Lord, and um, um, you probably heard the scripture before, Hosea 4 verse 6, which says, um, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, right? My people are destroyed. And, and we normally end the statement there, but there's more. My people are destroyed or lack of knowledge because they have forsaken my law. And because they have forsaken my law, I forget them and their children. And I'm thinking, but law, but Lord, we're not under the law anymore. Andre, Andre, do you not, do you commit adultery? I said, no. I said, therefore, are you keeping the law? Oh, but there's 613 laws. And then I looked it up. By the way, the 613 law comes from somebody that spoke about it. Back in the day, um, about 12th century, a rabbi that coined the phrase, there's more than 613 laws. So just so that you know, there's over 2,000 laws. Okay? So when someone says 613, they haven't actually read through them. If people actually go through the 613, the worst Christian that you can think of keeps 100 of them. A, a, a somewhat good Christian keeps uh, about... Um, 200 of them. And obviously the other 300 or or so are regarding um, festivals or regarding um, sacrifices or the temple. Okay. But there's more than 613. Anyway, so I started going through this with the leadership team and I was saying, telling the leadership team, guys, we need to keep the law of God. The law of God is good. It's holy. It's just and as we keep the law of God, it'll keep people free. In other words, okay, like what? Like, for example, don't eat blood. What do you mean? Nobody eats blood. No, some people eat blood. For example, you eat a medium rare steak, medium steak, bloody meat. Not good. No, but that's being legalistic. Well, firstly, my, my friend, said, the Bible is a legal contract. So isn't it amazing? You keep... You drive your car a certain speed limit. You keep more the the law of the land than the law of God, whether it's the Sabbath, whether it's eating things sacrificed to uh, idols. For example, eating halal meat. Oh, Andre, but if I pray over me, now, yes, you can pray over it 100%, but be aware uh, of what it can bring uh, on people. So I said, we need to teach people about the law of God because the law of God is good for people. It helps people. So now, obviously, you can imagine bumping heads, right? Um, trying to tell people we need to keep the law. And then uh, one of the nights, I went to bed, of course, and <laughs> and I woke up at three sixteen. You know, when you wake up, I lie in my stomach, I'm sleeping, and I I see three sixteen. Um, so obviously, John three sixteen, right? But I also feel an evil presence in the room. Now, normally when an evil presence comes in the room, what do you guys do? I'm assuming that you you will speak out. You, you don't say nothing. You have to speak out. You need to say, go in Yeshua's name or Jesus' name. Go. So I did that. I said, in Yeshua's name, go. Jesus' name, go. But I still felt the evil presence. So I did it two or three times. and then. Nothing happened. 
And I'm lying on my stomach because I don't, I, I'm tired. It's like three o'clock in the morning. And as I'm lying down there, I start, I, I, I get, gr- some, something grabs me. And I, and, I, uh, and literally, I move across my bed. So I'm now, I'm seeing my floor, the floor where my slippers are. I, and I'm, and my head's like this. And I'm uh, basically, I'm frozen. I'm thinking, what's going on? I, I'm, uh, and I now, I can't even talk. I can't even say the name Jesus, Yeshua. I can't say anything. And I'm moving, and my blankets are being obviously messed up as I'm moving. And I'm thinking, I'm going to be able to hit my wife soon. And maybe when I hit her, she's going to wake up, and she can help me. And as I'm moving, I get there. I, I, she's not there. I'm thinking, where is she? Now, uh, later on, I found out that she was actually, there was a, one of my daughters, I don't know if something was happening with her and at night. So my, my wife went to console her, and she fell asleep in her bed. So, so I'm, so I, like I'm telling you, I'm always awake. I wasn't sleeping because my wife wasn't there. And so I see this. And when I get to the end, when my wife's not there, I get thrown up against the, the headboard and my arms are out like this. And I'm, I'm suffocating by the throat. And, we, and I'm thinking, how, this my, my, these are my thoughts. How dare you touch me? Who do you think you are? And I'm trying to speak. And as I'm trying to speak, um, so again, I'm trying to say the, the word Yeshua. I, I, I say the word Yeshua, and everything's fine. I fall to the on the bed. Everything is good. I'm thinking, Lord, why did this happen to me? How can the demon touch me? And then, you know, in those moments, someone says to me, how do I hear from God? You hear from God in those moments when you are totally raw. You go, why? You're seeking God. It's, it's, it's clarity. And in that moment, the Lord said to me, when you start speaking about the law of God, the enemy wants to shut you up because the law of God, he has access to Christians who break the law of God without them even knowing. And when you speak about the Lord, the church is going to try and shut your mouth. People Christians are going to try and shut your mouth because the devil wants to shut your mouth. So you have a choice now. Do you want to continue down this road because it's going to be a hard road or do you want to stop? And I said, let's continue. And that was my five big encounters that I I, I had um, with the Lord. And those are the lessons that the Lord shared with, with me for them. And hopefully, as I shared it with you, that some of the lessons you take and where and you think about them too. So just repeat after me. Um, don't just say if you don't believe it. Heavenly Father, we come before you uh, right now in the name of your son, Yeshua. I know your word says confession is made unto salvation and that we are to repent. We need to confess our sins before you. And I know everybody's on mute so they can speak up and nobody's going to be hearing them except for the people around them. So Lord, as everybody here, gets clean, repents. Your word says, submit to you, resist the devil, and he will flee from them. So, Lord, we want them all free today, Lord. So, Lord, everybody say, Lord, please forgive me for speaking against you, for judging you, ignoring 
what you have given me. Please forgive me for, un- for the unforgiveness that I have. For And each of you mention the people that you have unforgiveness towards. I'm going to pause right now. Lord, please forgive me for dishonoring my parents, for ignoring your commandments. Forgive me for sexual relationships that are not ordained by you. Forgive me for being or doing anything with the occult. Any word that I've spoken out of my mouth that is against your will, break it in the mighty name of Yeshua. Like Paul renounced from being a Benjamite, like being a Hebrew of Hebrews, encounter these things as loss for Christ, I renounce my lineage. I renounce my name, my surname, my husband's um, surname, and I declare that I belong to you. You are my lineage. Your word says, who will declare my lineage? I'm here to say, I will declare your lineage. Break all soul ties. I lay myself at your hands. Forgive me for the, the trauma that I have faced in my life. Lay your hands on yourself. Trauma be gone in the mighty name of Yeshua. Trauma be gone in the mighty name of Yeshua. Now, as you lay your hands on yourself, lay your hands on your legs or your heart or your belly or whatever, and I want you to say this. The Lord forgives you. Because of Yeshua. I forgive you.
Now, I want you just to keep your hand on your belly or your heart. Okay, one of the two. And I'm going to speak over you. I'm going to declare over you. Now, as I declare over you, I want you to, if you feel anything like a movement, heat, electricity, um, dizziness, goosebumps, you name it, I want you to remember what I just said. Okay? Okay? Later on, I want you to write it down. I'm going to give you some time. I want you to write it down, what I say. Uh, I'm going to, and then I want you to do it to yourself. I'm going to say, let's say, for example, I say, spirit of rejection, go. If you feel that, write it down later. Next time, later on, when we finish the session, I want you to put your hand on yourself. Say, spirit of rejection. Now, notice what I do. I don't go, spirit of rejection, go. Go. Quick words. No, no formula. Don't get caught up into some formulas kind of stuff. I know this seems like some kind of formula too, but it's not. It's not. I'm, I'm going to be, sh- and there's, there's a reason for it. Okay. Um, Heavenly Father, I extend my hands to your people. In the mighty name of Yeshua, you evil spirits that are harassing these people right now, I adjure you and I command you by God to leave them now. Go and come back no more. Spirit of fear, go. Spirit of trauma, go. Spirit of rejection, go. Spirit of suicide, go. Spirit of death and fear of death, go. You deceiving spirit, go. You perverse, unclean, homosexual spirit in the name of Yeshua, go. Deaf and dumb spirit, go. Your spirit of infirmity, go. Spirit of jealousy, go. Your familiar spirit, your religious spirit, in the name of Yeshua, go. Spirit of pride, go. Spirit of bondage, go. Spirit of the Antichrist, spirit of error, go. Your spirit of stupor, I command you in the name of Yeshua, go. Freedom over these people in Yeshua's name. Freedom. Freedom. In Yeshua's name. Okay. Now I want everybody to repeat with me because I want your words to come from your mouth. I am a child of God. I am am blessed and highly favored. I am blessed to know Yeshua. He has made me a new creation. I am his friend. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies. Because of his blood, I am sinless. I am a joint heir with Christ. He cares for me. I am more than a conqueror. More than a conqueror. I know that he hears me. I am successful now. Because he is with me. I am prosperous now. I am prosperous now. 
Because I have what I need. I'm healthy both physically and spiritually. I have clarity of thought. For I have the mind of Christ. I am not afraid of terror by night. Or of weapons. Or of diseases. Or of the chaos around me. For he is with me. I am a hearer and a doer of God's word. And when I die, or, or raptured, I will go to heaven instantly. All because of Yeshua. Thank you, Lord, for saving me, for owning me. I am yours. Blessed be your name. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay, now, guys, we're going to pause, okay? I want you to rest. Um, we're going to actually pause for five minutes. So go to the washroom, get some water, uh, write down whatever you need to write down, and then we're going to answer answering questions, okay? So you can put up your cameras. I'm going to put my camera. I'm going to go five minutes, and five minutes from now, we're coming back. Okay. Now we're going to get into some questions, like a Q&A questions. Um, and again, write down your questions. Um, I just want to make sure I, I give a disclaimer up front. Um, <clears throat> I don't want anybody here to be demon conscious. What I mean is, don't walk around thinking, oh, there's a demon here, there's a demon there, there's a demon there. That is not the intent of this. Okay? Too many people walk around like that. And what happens is um, when people are becoming demon conscious, what actually happens is they become demonized or demon focused. What you want to do is you want to make sure that you are Holy Spirit focused or God focused. What is God doing? If I were to ask you today, what is God doing across the world today? People go, uh, if I say what the devil is doing, I can imagine many of you will be able to give me a list of 10 things very quickly. But if I ask you, what is God doing? You may be a little bit slower. So what I'm saying to you is, let us make sure that we are more God conscious than devil conscious. Think of, I think of it like this. The devil, the, the devil and the demons are like mosquitoes. I go outside. I don't go, oh, there's mosquitoes. I go outside because I want to enjoy the weather. Now, if, for example, I see a mosquito, I swat at it. I try to kill it. I smack it. I push it away. That's how you should treat demons. So question number one, what are the different types of demons or are there different types of demons? And the answer is there are fallen angels. Fallen angels are not demons, fallen angels, and they are demons. And when you talk about demons, you have different types of demons. There are some demons that you can go, go away, and it leaves like that. And then there are some that Yeshua himself said, that these come out, but by prayer and fasting. And if you have a garbage translation like NIV or ESV or anything like that, then it will not say and fasting. It will just say 
by prayer. That's why get yourself a decent translation of the scripture because the devil has infiltrated the church and even infiltrated um, translations. And that's why you have 3000 Greek words missing. So this type comes up by prayer and fasting. Now, um, okay. Now, if you go to Ephesians um, 6 verse 12, it says, for example, it says, we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now you've heard this before against principalities. The word principalities is the word um, chief rulers fallen angels remember when gabriel wanted to go and speak to daniel he was hindered by prince of persia and michael the archangel came to to help him then you have rulers of darkness and these are world rulers influences spirits of the nephilims now i don't want to get into too technical but i wanted to share it with you that in in genesis 6 what happened was angels came down and slept with mankind and then there was these giants forming Okay, and these giants, when they were killed, where did their spirits go? Because there were no place made for them. And then you have a spiritual wickedness in high places, and these are um, demons, also known as unclean spirits. So you sometimes you see the scriptures say demons, and sometimes you, you see unclean spirits. They are the same, and that's another topic for another day where they come from. It's just so that you know, archangels can enter a human body. Okay, they can enter. For example, remember Satan entered Judas at, at um, the table. Remember when they had the Lord's Supper? It says Satan entered Judas. So same with um, demons can enter a body. Uh, number two, what are what is the devil's strategy? Okay, just so that you know, the demon, the devil or Satan is not everywhere. Okay, so when I say devils, I mean demons. And so, so what is that? Satan, who's the head of them, what is his strategy? And simply put, his strategy is in John 10, 10, where he says he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. Also, he wants to impart fear. And so that's why the scripture says, the Lord did not give us spirit of fear. That's in 2 Timothy 1, verse 7. He did not give us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. So he wants to impart fear. Question number three. How do they have access? In other words, okay, what are the big areas? If you ask me what are the big areas, now there are a lot of areas where demons have access. I would say out of what I've seen in, in my life, now I've done a lot of deliverances on people, um, and um, I've seen there's something stronger than others, but these are going to be the top ones. One, unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is one of the biggest ones. Dishonoring parents, another. Dishonoring parents is not, oh, sometimes if a parent says something that is against the scripture, of course not listen to them. But dishonoring parents is not caring about them, okay, or what they say. Another one is uh, seances, uh, being part of seances or some spiritual encounter, uh, Halloween, another one. Um, I had a, I'll tell you the story. I had, we had this lady that uh, her child, she was um, six months and um, he was in sick kids hospital in Toronto. Uh, this is a, one of the best hospitals for kids in Canada. And it was in, in and out of hospital for one year, one year. The child's weight was the same six months um, and one year, one, when he was one and a half years, still the same weight. 
he used to poo four times a day. And his poo wasn't uh, brown. It was actually green. They had him on antibiotics. He had him on all these things and still wasn't better. So one day a work colleague tells me this, uh, and actually her, her son, and I said, okay, why don't we pray for him? So we went and we prayed. And um, we prayed, and that, that she, she says to me the next day, wow, he actually had two stool movements. And she was happy. This is like towards the end of October. She was happy. And I said to her, make sure, because Halloween's coming, don't participate in Halloween. She says, why? She says, because I don't want to feel like I'm left out, left out of the neighborhood. I said, don't participate. Least a worse thing come upon him. So three, four days later, uh, five, five days later, I'm speaking saying, we're in a meeting and I speak to him. I said, how's your son? He says, oh, he's, he's going to the washroom um, like three, four times again. It's like he's, he's lost it. You know, like he was getting better. He was picking up so many pounds. I said, did you? Did you guys celebrate Halloween? No, we didn't celebrate Halloween. We just gave candy out. I said, you celebrated Halloween. You're participating. If I go to a Ouija party, a Ouija board party, and I go and pour drinks, am I not an accomplice? If I'm driving a car from, from a bank, and I'm, I, someone else stole, but I'm driving a car, am I not an accomplice? I said, you need to repent. So guess what she did? She repented right there. That day, the Lord, in his mercy, forgave her and stopped the demon's attack on her son. Another one would be a, a words that come out of your mouth. Words. By your words, you can bless yourself and curse yourself. Words. Do you know the Bible says confession is made unto salvation? I don't go think I'm saved. No, I have to confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart. But I need to confess. That's why you have to confess your sins. You need to get the sins out. You need to confess it. It comes out of your, and your the words release. So confession is very important. And so, but same with the confession is important by speaking death. For example, my feet are me. I mean, people have said that growing up. Or the question that you may ask is, can words from other people curse you? Only if you allow them. You have authority. You can say, I rebuke that. For example, I had a doctor once say to me, you either, um, you either have um, very, very extremely sick or you have cancer, but you need to go and treat me ASAP. In my mind, I'm a writer, this is what I said, I rebuke you. I rebuke that. Now, I don't have to go say it in front of him to freak him out. And guess what? God showed me what it was and it was solved. And then I just tested my blood again and go, I don't understand. Everything's fine. I'm thinking, gee, can you imagine I would have gone on, on all these medication and all this kind of stuff, and you would have messed me up. That's what the devil wants to do. So you don't just take what people say. So words are very important is what I'm, basically what I'm saying to you guys. Another one would be um, blood. Blood transfusions, blood coming in of a big area too. That's why people have different feelings afterwards. I never felt this way before after a drug, blood transfusion. Another one is the screaming, um, watching a movie, the screaming, what happens is it's like, for example, putting blood 
in the water of sharks. It, it draws them closer. Okay. And it doesn't mean it has access. It just draws them closer. So I'm saying have access points. When someone has a, um, uh, when the sounds like screaming, demons go, Oh, it's a feeding frenzy. Let me come. Because demons are drawn close to trauma. So if someone's having a traumatic time, so when someone's weeping, <laughs> that is a time. And that's why we just pray that prayer in the beginning. That is a time where demons can harass or impact a person. And so when I'm doing a deliverance, and when I say deliverance, what it basically what it means is basically closing doors. It's dealing with that trauma. How, how can we deal with that trauma? And the last thing I would say is symbols. Symbols can bring um, demons closer to your house. For example, okay, what symbols? Um, things like a pentagram, like a demonic pentagram. You know what I'm talking about, right? Um, yoga things, yoga positions. Okay, people think, oh, it's just exercise. No. Okay, exercise and stretching is one thing, but certain poses in a certain sequence, it's like a pin code. I can, you can say, numbers are just things. But if I give you the number to my bank account, you will be able to get my bank account. And and um, the yoga positions, there are certain sequences as pin codes to open into the spiritual world to allow demons in. I want you to think about this acronym, HALTER, H-A-L-T-R. When these things are in operation, demons... Um, can see that and they can have access. When I say access, they, they can witness it's like blood in the water to sharks. H stands for hungry. When you are like continually hungry. And now I'm not talking about fasting, okay? When you're hungry. Two, um, when you are angry. When you have this, un- you're angry and you continue living this anger towards somebody. L, you have loneliness. Loneliness is like I'm feeling alone. And you have this pity parade, loneliness. When you're tired because you haven't slept so well because of situations, work, and you're not sleeping, you make people make bad choices because of those four things. And the last one, R, um, is for rejection. You just a person has been rejected from a work colleague. You're feeling down. You're feeling loathsome. That's how demons can have access to people. Number four. Is there a difference between possession, demonization, and harassment? Is there a, a difference between them? Now, I want to tell you now, there's no such thing that the demon has complete authority over a person. No such thing. The guy, think in the Bible, the guy that had a legion of demons. A legion of demons is 7,000 demons, approximately 7,000 demons. This one that had 7,000 demons still had the willpower to run towards Yeshua. Think of it. Surely the demon should have gone in the other direction. He ran to him. The will of a person is always stronger. But can demons go inside of a person? The answer is yes. Can they attach them to a, a poor person? The answer is yes. Can harass a person? The answer is yes. Even, and by the way, even Christians. Some people think, oh, because I'm a Christian, I have Holy Spirit inside me. Yes, Holy Spirit can be inside you. And, and a demon can come inside a person or, or attach themselves to a, uh, a Christian and can manipulate a Christian. I was in the church once, and a um, pastor asked me to come up and, and pray for people for their healing. 
Now, this one woman, she I don't know what old she was. She must have been 70 or 60, something like that. And she was suffering from hemorrhoids. I saw praying, Lord, heal her in the name of Yeshua. Be healed in Yeshua's name. Hemorrhoids be gone in Yeshua's name. And I'm speaking this and I'm saying, does it feel any better? She says, no, it doesn't. So I wasn't even thinking about this. I went behind her back. Now, I'm, I'm going to go do what I'm doing behind her back. She couldn't hear what I said. And I, I said this. Devil, get out. She never heard I said. She turned around. Now, this woman was one of the most diligent person in the church. She was the one that was uh, the bookshop. She was the one that did um, um, the charity stuff, uh, feeding the poor. She did all this. You would say never in a million. I would have said that. And as I said, now, so quietly, get out. She turned around and she said, no, I won't. I, like, I am shocked. The pastor in the back of the church is shocked. He says, what's happening? What's Andre doing to that, that lady over there? I'm going, no. So I said, so now I'm, I'm going, get out. And she goes, no, I won't. And she goes, I guess, no, I won't. I said, look at me. She says, you can't make me. You don't have the authority. This is a Christian. She was baptized. She spoke in tongues. She was, she was a Christian. Now, by the way, she spoke normally all the time. But I pushed a button by saying, get out, that um, activated the devil to speak out of her. Like most of the time she was normal. But because I did that, the devil responded. And, be, and because the Holy Spirit worked through. And eventually, after about 15 minutes, she felt better. Actually, that night she said to me, the next night she said, I only slept. I actually embarrassed. I'm embarrassed by the things that took place. Um, I could hear it speak, but I didn't know. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop it. Um, but I, I knew that it wasn't me. And she slept perfectly well that night. Number five, can demons impart thoughts and read thoughts? The answer is demons can impart thoughts. For example, the Bible says, be sober and vigilant. The devil walks around like a roaring lion. He doesn't, so he doesn't literally walk around like a roaring lion, like you can see him, but you can, you can feel the fear. I could walk past that demon at, in the warehouse and he would have touched me or done something. I, could, I walk past and sometimes, don't you feel sometimes your, the hair on your arm stands up and you feel, ooh, I'm feeling yucky. Those are demons touching you, okay? Okay, and they get impart thoughts. Sometimes you get thoughts that come out of nowhere. It's like, how many times you're driving a car and, you, and okay, this, maybe this is just me. I've had this happen to me that the devil wanted to kill me. And the way he did that, he says, oh, why don't you just turn the, the steering wheel? You're a mighty man of God. Turn the steering wheel. You will survive. And I was shocked that I had to hold the steering wheel. Or I get to a, a balcony, let's say 14 floors up. I get to a balcony. And as I'm standing at the balcony, I hear, just jump off. Nothing will happen to you. Come on, just jump off. Just jump off. Jump, 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 jump. And I literally have to hold on with dear life thinking, hey, I'm, I'm going to jump off. That's what it feels like. Okay, this harassment, 
of if you're being harassed by demons, this is what you need to do. You have to do these three things. Because I used to do the one thing, and it is a go for a moment. So one, you need to say, go in the mighty name of Yeshua. Let go. 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 One. Number two, you need to declare who you are. So for my situation, I'm holding on to the, the banister, about feeling like I wanted to jump off. I'm holding on, and I go, no, I'm a protector of myself. So declare who you are. I'm a child of God. No weapon formed against me will prosper. I'm holding on. Notice, I'm firstly, I'm rebuking. I am confessing who I am. And then you have to do the next part. This part is now you need to be on the offensive. You need to start saying, you devil, you that's been harassing these people to jump off at this building, I run now in the name of, of Yeshua, I rebuke you. Everyone that you want to harass, I rebuke you. You cannot touch them. Now I go after them. By the way, this technique also works for people that are caught up in pornography. I tell them, when you, whether it's for guys or for girls, I've seen both happen. But let's say for guys, I will tell them this. One, you say, devil, go. Two, let's say you see this woman and she's been revealing and all that. You say, devil, go um, in your, in quietly, but audibly, not in your mind. Two, what you need to do is you need to declare who you are. I am a protector. She's like a sister to me in Yeshua's name. Now you're declaring who you are. And then the third thing you do is you start saying, Lord, bless her. Protector. Let no now you pray blessing on her. Eventually, you you move away from a predator into a protector. You move from again. I say that again. You move away from a predator. So you start praying. You start praying against what the devil is doing by praying blessing on on her from a, a a predator to a protector. And then after that, guess what? The devil goes says, "Stay away from that guy or that girl." Because every time I go towards them, not only do they tell me to go, which is okay, but they actually stop my assignment. They hinder my assignment. And they go to others, and therefore there's less impact that they have across the world. Number six, uh, the difference between exorcism and casting out demons. Okay, I think I've, I've mentioned that. Um, the key thing is have a relationship with the Lord. It's, it's more important about who's behind you, which is Yeshua, and not your techniques. Okay? You don't want to be, end up like in Sons of, of Sceva. Question number seven. How to identify when someone has a demon in themselves? What happens is they, they continually curse themselves or they curse others. They just do that. Oh, that's bad. They, you're never going to make it. Or... They're going to speak curses over you or over themselves. That's a very good sign. Okay. Two, you, they'll have fits of rage. Like they're normal and they, they just have this blow up and you know what happened. Another one would be depression. For no absolute reason, they have this, this depression. Okay. It's not a chemical imbalance. Cast out the demon. They are. Very disrespectful to parents. You'll, you'll notice this. They'll be very disrespectful to parents. They want to hurt themselves too. You'll see them cutting themselves, thinking about suicide, um, those kind of things. 
and they also are disrespectful towards God. For example, oh, if God loves me and if God's such a God of love, why didn't God do this, this, and this? If God is this, that's disrespectful to God. Sometimes I, God is so merciful. I want to say to everybody, God is be merciful to me in my life. I'm sure he'd be merciful to you. Show the same mercy to other people. If sickness goes away and comes back, goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back, there's probably also a demon. Also, a something that you have a pain or a, that you can't identify, nobody can identify what it is. It's probably a demonic um, attachment. Now, sometimes, like I said, if it goes inside, demon can influence your thoughts. Sometimes it's an attachment. Attachment is more like it influences the physical body. And then you cast other, if you cast the demon out, yes, it stops progressing, but now you need the healing, right? So it's like, for example, um, you have a thorn. You pull out the thorn or nail. You pull out the nail. Still got the mark. You still need to treat it with something else, right, just to, to get it better. Same thing. You pull out the demon. Now you need to treat it. Number eight, how to prepare to cast out demons. Okay, so how do you prepare? Um, the things what you need to do is if you want to cast out demons, make sure you're not thinking about yourself. In other words, you need to forget about yourself. How do you do that? Yeshua says this kind doesn't come up but by prayer and fasting. What does prayer and fasting do? Well, when you spend time fasting and praying, what happens is you lose sight of yourself and you've become more God conscious of what God is doing. That's what you need to be in. That's what fasting does. It suppresses your flesh so that your spirit is more conscious of what God is doing and being aware of God's presence. So you want to be um, spending time with God, fasting and praying. I also tell you people, watch other people that cast out demons. Okay, watch them. What things that you watch and you're seeing the power of God it motivates you, it, it testifies, it helps you. When shouldn't you cast out demons? Okay, very good. Uh, I would say you shouldn't cast out demons if the person doesn't want you to, to touch them. You say, leave me alone. I don't want you to pray for me. Okay, don't pray for them. Yeshua didn't beg people to pray for them. Okay. Yeshua did two things. One, he, he was moved with compassion. When the person was totally hopeless, he moved and touched them. Or they came to him or he wanted to show the power of God to people. And then he was in the synagogue and somebody exposed and cast out the demon, but don't beg people to pray for them. Okay. So don't, don't also just know something. When you cast out a demon out of somebody, the devil, the devil leaves. And then he, he gets other demons that are stronger than him to come with him. Hey, come on. I know somebody. And if the place is open and clean, then he, the, the, the end state of the person is worse than the former state. So sometimes let them have that demon. It'd be better to have that demon than had seven demons worse. In other words, if the person is not willing to change their life after you cast out the demon or not willing for them to change afterwards, forget about it. Number 10, those who resist needing help and don't think that they have a demon, well, how do you deal with them? Well, if they, if they don't need help, again, if they don't think they need help, then leave them. Don't pray for them. If they ask you or you move with compassion, then pray. So just don't feel like you have to pay for every person. Number 11, things to be aware of when you cast out demons. 
what are the things you need to be aware of? Um, uh, or things that you need to be thinking about. When you're casting out demons, be aware of, of Yeshua's presence around you. So that's, I'm going to say that's the number one thing. Make sure that you are aware that Yeshua is with you when you're casting out demons. Number two, laugh on the inside. Sing to the Lord. And don't try and formulate words. Okay, I need to say this word now. If you are trying to think of, I need to say this word now, then you are out of, you shouldn't. Let it flow. Number 12, when you cast out demons, what does it look like? Okay, so when demons, you normally see shaking, you normally see um, screaming. Um, uh, but a lot of the times I've seen, uh, it normally comes out of the orifices. So it kind of comes out of the nose, the skin starts to sweat, the eyes start to the weep, um, there's stuff coming out of their mouth, they go to the washroom. But sometimes I've seen nothing happen and the person passes out. They get so tired and they're like sleep. Number 13 was, what's the difference between uh, casting out demons and deliverances? Deliverance is spiritual healing. So in other words, closing the doors. Think of it like a spiritual health. And like one's pulling out the thorn and the other one is fixing it up. That's the deliverance part. Number 14, how do you stay free? So once demon leaves, how does a person stay free? Very simple. Imitate Christ. In other words, spend time with him. Sing. Demons hate singing. Hate, hate worship music or praying, praising. They hate it. You, you sing, you praise. But don't be scared of them. Do not be scared of them. Pray, sing, spend time with the Lord. And then also um, keep God's commandments. Think of it as they're good, they're holy, they're just. Don't, don't mock his commandments. Don't speak against his commandments. Um, because there could be an avenue that the devil is using to have access. 15, what to do if the spiritual being, okay, if you see a spiritual being and you don't know if it's good or bad, let me be very clear. You can always say, in the name of Yeshua, you devil, or expose yourself are you from god also an angel when the angel comes to you the angels normally will say fear not i'm from god fear not they normally say fear not if you look at the scripture you'll see angels appearing they'll say fear not fear not same thing and also the witness from the holy spirit on the inside if you are fearful or you are scared um normally it's not a good sign Okay, if you're having this fearful and there's a reverence fear, like when I saw, when I felt that Yeshua was in the room once and had this reverence, I was too scared to look to my left because I felt that he was there. And I had this reverence, like huge, this fear of reverence, totally different. So if you think, is this God not, you can say, expose yourself. And if it doesn't expose itself, you can say, um, you're having this feeling that, that something is not right, then it's probably not from God. And tell it to leave. Number 16. What about someone who hears voices, sees things, or can feel the evil presence? Or what do they do? Um, use your mouth. Think of your mouth as a bazooka. Speak in the direction, say, in the name of Yeshua. Go or sometimes I use this. 
Okay, there's no scripture backing behind this, but I believe our words are creative power. And I say, you devil, in the name of Yeshua, I slice you up in Yeshua's name. I, I, I break your powers of, of, over our family. So, for example, I'll give you a story. Once my, my son was suffering from um, pneumonia. After three days of breathing like this, he was like four years old, I think. Like he had the short breaths. We had prayed. Nothing was happening. We took it to naturopath. Naturopath said, take him to the emergency room. Take him Im- immediately to the emergency room. He's way gone. He had 62 breaths. She said, 62 breaths a minute. He's supposed to have 28. So I've always had a policy. Before I spend one hour in the emergency room, because that's how long it takes, let me spend one hour on my knees. So I said, no, I'm going back home. We're going to pray one hour. So I went back home. I prayed one hour on my knees. I, I gave my son to Catherine and take care of him. And I went to the room by myself because I needed, I mustn't be much around my son because if I'm around the situation, it feels like my, my faith is sucked out. So I go spend time with the Lord. I come out of the presence. And then I go be healed and my son to 45. So he wasn't near 28 yet. But it was huge progress. So I was happy. This is 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So I'm, I'm celebrating. And then at 5 o'clock, he's still 45 breaths a minute. And he's still going, all shadow breaths. So I'm praying. I'm praying. Now I'm praying two hours. Nothing happens. I pray like another hour. Nothing happens. At 3 o'clock in the morning, okay, now I'm, I'm, I'm next to his bed. And I'm scared he's going to die. Let me be clear. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, my, I have no faith. Uh, Lord, and I'm honest, be transparent before God. Don't be this kind of high mind, I must watch. No, Lord, I have no faith. Like that guy says, help my unbelief. I said, Lord, I, I, I can't. But at 6 o'clock in the morning, when the, I know when the emergency room opens up over here, I'm going to take him immediately. So, Lord, unless you heal him, I'm praying. This is I'm praying. And I said, Lord, what is it? What is it? And as I'm saying, what is it? My son stands up in the bed. He points and he says, there's a man. There's a man. I'm, now I'm shocked. Firstly, he got up because he has been, been carrying around for three days. He gets up and he says, there's a man. There's a man. And he falls back down. And I'm going, there's a man. There's a man. <gasps> there's a demon. So I said, and I go, you devil, in the mighty name of Yeshua, Jesus, I command you to go. And literally, this is what happens. I go, Lord, he's not listening to me. I just said the name of Jesus. He's not listening to me. So he says, the Lord says, what's my strongest weapon? I said, Lord, it's, it's your name and your blood. So I said this now. I said, now, devil, in the name of Yeshua, I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to stay right there. And by the blood of Yeshua, I slice you up from the top. Of, I slice you up. And I started using the power of words, my creativity. Now, you can imagine how angry I was and all this frustration. And I used in words to inflict pain on the demon. And as I was doing it, I was using my hand. And the reason why I use my hand, by the way, folks, is because I had a a study once and we had a new age lady come here. And I was busy talking, as you can see, my hands move a lot. And I saw her going like this. She was ducking and diving. And I thought, what's going on with her? Later on, I said to her, why are you ducking and diving? She says, because as you're talking, 
I'm seeing fire coming out of your hands and I'm, and it's coming close to me and I'm ducking. So, so I've, I heard this. So I'm, so that's why I'm using my hand as I'm casting, um, I'm slicing up this devil. And then I say, now in the name of Jesus, go. And when I did that, left my son instantly. I'm not talking about five minutes later, instantly took a deep breath <gasps> and started breathing like normal. Now I'm thinking, wow, I walk. Now my other daughter was also sick. And so I walk towards that room. And as I walk towards the room, she's healed. I'm thinking, wow, that demon was scared because I cast out of this one, which is stronger than the other one. And so when one demon sees that you cast out one stronger than that, it says, hang on, I'm getting out of here. And that's, so use your mouth as a bazooka, the power from your mouth. Number 17, things to be aware of when you cast them out. Um, when you cast out demons, understand that sometimes the symptoms from the other person can come upon you. We were in a park once. I was praying for a guy. He had a had pain in his groin, and he couldn't walk properly. He said, oh, there's pain. Yeah, I just so I said, can I pray for you? Now, I don't put my hand everywhere where someone says they have a pain. If someone says they have a pain, I'm not going to pray there. I can put the hand on the shoulder. That's fine, right? So I lay my hands on the shoulder, and I, I command this, uh, healing and, and, and pray for the guy. Hour, two hours go past. I'm driving home. And as I'm driving home, I get this huge pain. And I'm actually, I cringe in pain. And I'm thinking, what's going on with me? And the Lord reminds me, the devil that left that guy has come to you. Oh, so I smack. I say, get off in Yeshua's name. Get off. After two or three smacks, pain gone, never had it again. So what I'm saying to you is when you cast out the demon, sometimes you may forget that they may come back. Whatever you cast a demon of somebody, it may come back. Don't worry about it. Don't go, oh, I don't want to pray for the person. because Don't worry about it. You just smack it a few times and it will go. And the last question is, should you pray over your house on a regular basis? I, no. I, I wouldn't say pray on a regular, over your house on a regular basis. Um, but I would say if you go to a, a hotel or someplace like that, this is what we do. I go into the place. I walk around and I say, I claim this land, this place for the kingdom of God. Every place the soul of my foot treasures upon belongs to me. So this place right now, I've paid for it, belongs to me. Every demon in hell, go. You have no right here. Not around just me in a 10-mile radius or 10-meter radius or 30-meter radius. So I, I use my words. And here's a bonus question someone asked. Why is it that the churches are not speaking on the topic of demons or casting out demons? Why aren't we seeing it in churches? The simple answer is that the church is staying away, or should I say much of the church, not the, not the true church, the much of the, the, the traditional church is staying away from physical manifestation of the supernatural. Whether it's healing, whether it's speaking in tongues, whether it is prophecy, tongues, or even casting out demons. They are afraid of Yeshua's words where he says, These are the signs of followers that believe. In my name they'll cast out demons, they'll speak in new tongues, and so forth. And so what happens is they have doctrinal positions to counteract this. One guy came to me once and said, 
oh well, I disagree with you because of this, this and this. I disagree with this and this and this. And it reminded me of where Yeshua said, do not cast your pearls before pigs. And I thought about that, and I, but I asked this person this question, and I said, tell me something, have you ever casted out a demon? And they were thinking about telling me a, a lie, but then they said, no, they shouldn't. So they said, no. And then I said, okay, have you ever seen a demon? They said, um, no. Have you ever asked the Lord to cast out demons? Because you know the scripture, right? They said, I have, I'm not sure. And I said, isn't it amazing? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it will be open unto you. But all I've been hearing from you is excuses why you do not do it. It's like coming to a person that plays golf and you've never played golf before and then you're trying to give them tips of how to play golf. So those are the kind of things that we face as we share this message. I just want you just to remember that don't be demon conscious again. I want you to make sure that you're Holy Spirit conscious. Treat demons as mosquitoes. Don't be scared of them. There's more power in you and in your words, and they are scared of you. They're just scared that you would use your mouth. So be, the, be what God has made you to be. Be a powerhouse for the kingdom of God. And be, use your mouth to speak life and not death over people. So may this message be a blessing unto you.